Hello and welcome to the Engagement Coach Podcast. Welcome to the Engagement Coach Podcast with your host, Amrit Sander. So the topic of this week's conversation is organisational cultures, but more specifically, innovation and creativity. We saw a fantastic example of this recently with BrewDog, and they switched to making hand sanitizer. When anybody who needed it couldn't get it, the NHS were desperate for it, and this organisation sat back and thought, how can we add value in a moment of crisis? And it just told you a lot about the culture there, the organisation, how it's set up, and what they must be willing to do, unafraid to fail, willing to try new things, and a culture where people take ownership and, and accountability. And it was just a great example of of what we want to talk about today. And who better than to talk about this topic further with me than the HR Director of BrewDog, Karen Bates. So Karen, welcome to the podcast. Lovely to be here. Thanks for inviting me, Amrit. So Karen, um, before we dive into BrewDog and all the stuff that everybody's heard about BrewDog, um, I would love to know more about you, your background, who you are. Um, so, uh, so people director at BrewDog, um, I joined there in January this year, um, and who knew we had a pandemic coming round the corner straight after I joined, um, but I've got a background in retail hospitality, um, as people director, HR director for, for many years. So, um, you know, absolutely loving being at BrewDog right now. And um, so I'm going to, I'm going to ask the, the obvious question first, uh, BrewDog, uh, whilst it's famous for uh, the alcohol. Um, the one thing that really became, um, well, hit the headlines was the hand sanitizer. Yeah. So, um, I mean, we, we didn't know quite what was going to happen when the pandemic started. Um, obviously we're, we're famous for our beer. We're a craft beer company. Um, you know, we have bars, we have, uh, our on trade into groceries. We have our off trade. Um, you know, we're, we're across 20 different countries and we, we didn't know what was going to happen. And, uh, I remember the, the week that the pandemic started and we were just almost around the board table saying, how are we going to get through this? Um, and it was almost a bit of a, a tongue-in-cheek comment of, well, if we can make hand sanitizer, we'll be okay. Um, and then we just thought, why why don't we? We have a distillery business. We make all our, our own spirits. Um, we can absolutely make hand sanitizer. And so we switched it round. We've never taken a profit from our hand sanitizer. Um, we have donated it to our, the NHS and to charities. Um, we've actually produced about 500,000 units of hand sanitizer that we've now donated um, across the business. Um, but that, that wasn't the only thing we pivoted on as well. We'd never done a BrewDog takeaway collection before. Um, and that was the other thing that we pivoted on as well very quickly, that we went from an idea of how do we create an app uh, where people can get food and beer from our bars um very quickly and uh i mean unbelievable this just sums brew dog up really we turned that round from an idea to a solution in four hours um and uh that that's how fast brew dog work and and you know uh, we we do an awful lot of work in in organizations with culture and values and you know i was fascinated at how brew dog had managed to switch so quickly and it it's it tells you an awful lot about the culture that that can happen within i mean the app within four hours of conception yeah. to to implementation and um how i mean this is almost the holy grail everybody wants to work in a culture of an organization certainly in, in such uncertain times like we're in now what is it about the culture in brewdog that allowed you to do that 
We, we've got quite a unique culture, really. Um, that's the best way to describe it. We're, we're very lean, flat structure. Um, and we make sure that our leaders are as close to the front line as possible, which means we fully understand every single aspect of how our business works. Um, and by, by having that flat, lean structure, what it means is that when you need to move something very quickly, you can be the decision maker and the implementator very, very quickly. Um, we, we do joke about it that we, we say BrewDog uh, works in dog years and it, it's absolutely right um, that you know every, every year for us is like seven years. Um, although I did read something this week which says that a Labrador's um, dog years are actually more, they say that a Labrador's dog years are more like 12 and I'm thinking that could be BrewDog, <laughs> it could be that every year is like 12 years rolled into one. Um, but that, I think that's what makes us such a unique culture um, that even the founders are still very, very close to the front line. So they fully understand the business and are fully, um, you know, every leader is fully engaged in every aspect of our business, which means we can just get stuff done. Um, I mean, you know, amazing culture. It sounds like it. And, uh, you know, but there is one aspect, which is one, one thing. It's one thing to have a lean, flat structure that allows people to make decisions quickly. But it's another thing to have a culture where, um, you know, that experimental culture, the, the, because you've got to be willing to make mistakes. You've got to be willing to um, face into them. You've got to be willing to learn from them uh, because it's almost that experimental culture. Everything we're doing is an experiment with a view that let's see what happens. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we don't know whether things are going to go right. And uh, there, there is a funny story around the hand sanitizer as well, is our first batch actually got rejected by the NHS um, because it hadn't got enough alcohol content in. That's the first time BrewDog have ever been um, criticised for their lack of alcohol content because we're not a weak uh, beer brand. Um, so we had to go back and, and redo it. And obviously we were able to utilise that sanitizer elsewhere. But but it was an experiment. We didn't We didn't know. We didn't know if we could do it, if we could pull it off. We didn't know how is a hand sanitizer made up, um, uh, you know, because a lot of it is like the gel and the aloe vera gel, which we didn't have access to. Um, and we hadn't even got bottles to put it in either. We were literally filling anything we could possibly get our hands on um, with hand sanitizer. And uh, one of the bottles, um, it started off, we used to have like mini beer bottles. And that's what we were actually putting our hand sanitizer in to start off with. And we had anybody we could get our hands on to come and work on our production line to do it as well. Um, I had my husband up in Ellen with me for three days working on the sanitizer line. So I was like, just come with me. We, we need some help and uh, we'll pay you in beer. Um, so, you know, we, we had anybody we could get our hands on trying to help us. But again, that, that just shows the culture of BrewDog. People want to do that. Um, we had our bar staff working on our production line whilst our bars were closed. Rather than put people onto furlough, we just looked right, where can we utilise people um, as much as we can until we get our bars open for takeaway and delivery business. So, you know, we had, we had most of them working on our production sanitizer line for us. That there's a, there's two things that really stand out, you know, you, you, because you've got a, a charter where, you know, there's a, there's this whole focus on being passionate about beer. Um, and then there's also the compassionate side. You know, when you and I were talking prior to, to organizing this um, podcast, you shared with me the level of compassion across the organization where there's such ownership, where people feel this is their company. And so it's almost um, 
it's interesting, you know, people will be sat there out, out there thinking, how do I go about creating a culture like that? You know, what is it about the founders, the leaders and, and everybody across the organization and how they behave that's allowed you to be who you are and the way you are? Yeah, we, you know, we, we ask everybody to bring the best version of themselves to work every day. Um, our, our founders, so James and Martin, are very, very visible within the business. They're based up in the brewery. They will be walking around the production floor. They're very approachable. You can ask them any question. And, you know, as, as I said at the beginning, I'd not long joined BrewDog before this pandemic started. And um, I was overwhelmed with the level of engagement and passion that our business have. The day we had to stand um, in front of all of our teams and tell them, we didn't know if we were going to make it through. Um, this was back in March. We didn't know if we had a business at the end of this pandemic because overnight we lost 70% of our business when our bars closed. And we had to be very honest with our teams to say, we didn't know if we could protect every job. Um, we, we didn't know if we could carry on paying at the level that we were paying, whether we'd have to take make pay reductions. And it was incredibly emotional. You know, a lot of our teams were, were visibly upset. Um, and after that, you know, there was a lot of humility shown as well from the leadership team. You know, we, we probably all bared our souls a little bit on that day um, to show how upset we all were about what was happening. But I remember afterwards, people actually coming up to us as the leadership team and asking us if we were OK. I've never known that in a business before. You know, you're delivering some really hard messages. And normally, you know, people would walk away and just be like, oh, well, they'll be OK, you know. But for them to actually come out of their, go out of their way and come up to ask us later on that afternoon whether we were all okay, um, just, you know, it, it was an emotional day. We, um, you know, we had a lot of, uh, kept saying we had hay fever or a lot of dust in our eyes that day um, because it was just incredibly emotional. Um, but that's the sort of passion and engagement that we have within BrewDog, that people are invested in our business and in our future and just want you know want to be part of it um it's quite a local community up in ellen and we employ a lot of that local community um, and you can just absolutely tell tell that with how um how people are asking questions about the profitability what's happening now are we through this pandemic are we going to make it never seen it in any other business that i've worked in before so karen you know as i said this is almost like the holy grail this is what every organization wants to achieve um and you've got a you've got this environment where people feel vested in it's there's ownership there's accountability there's compassion um where as an as an observer i guess because you're still relatively new uh, into albeit you know the, the way you you joined and under the circumstances uh, has been strange to, to 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 say the least by observing what's been going on, where's all the passion being driven from? Because passion is contagious and you can, I sense it when I talk to you, every time I've sort of spoken to you, there's a contagion that I almost think I want to go and work there. <laughs> how, how, where's that being driven from? Have you, have you identified where it's coming from and how? Yeah, we, I mean, one of our, you know, we talk about having dogmas within, within the business and we talk about that, you know, we want to make people as passionate about craft beer as we are. So people who work for us are passionate about craft beer, but they're also passionate about people as well. And that really shows and comes through. Um, the founders, you know, again, very passionate about beer, very passionate about people. 
and making sure that we we look after our teams in any way that we can you know we do a lot of engagement work with our teams um through this pandemic you know we were giving people care packages of beer merchandise you know anything we could to just help them keep producing our beer for us um and you know we've we're producing volume levels of beer that we've never produced before. And, and you know, I keep asking, where where's this coming from? How are we carrying on actually breaking every record every month and we're able to produce more on less people? Um, how are we able to do it? And, you know, we're quite we're quite target driven as a business, um, but people want to achieve those targets. And, um, you know, people don't look at them and go, oh, you know, we'll never we're never going to do that. We don't tend to have people in our business who could be the, I always remember someone referred to them as the mood hoovers, uh, where they, they walk in a room and, you know, the atmosphere goes. We just don't have people like that in our business. People work for BrewDog because they want to work for BrewDog because they're passionate about the product and they're passionate about the brand as well. Um, I suppose, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're still only sort of like 12, 13 years old and we're, we're still almost like a startup mentality. Um, and that's the mentality that we work on. I almost refer to it as we're a bit of a grown-up startup, but we're still in that scrappy, scrappy mode um, of, of doing everything we can and trying things, trying new markets, trying new ideas. And we encourage people to come up with the ideas and, uh, and, and we'll do what we can to implement them. And like you said earlier, not everything succeeds, um, but we're quite open about it. If it's wrong, like, oh, let's not do that. We'll move on and uh, try something different. And you, you must you must have a really strict criteria of, of identifying the type of person who will really fit into the company um, in terms of recruitment, because you almost want to hold on to that that culture and make sure you carry on nurturing it, not so it becomes so homogenized that you don't benefit from you know innovation and creativity of diversity and and and, and cultures. But how 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 do you go about identifying the right person for you? Do you know what we um I, I asked this question during my interview process because they tried to put me off so many times they almost told me not to join. And afterwards I was like, why did you keep telling me not to join? And they said, because we wanted to know that you wanted it. Um and we we try and put people off during an interview process to to give the worst case scenario of, you know, it is it is hard work, but if you're prepared to work hard, you'll you'll have so much fun on the way. Um, and that is a bit of an approach that we have that we will almost tell people not to join us because then pe if people still want to join us, we know that they really want it and we know they're likely to fit into our culture. Um, you know, we have a lot of conversations with people. Um, we'll think nothing of doing four or five different conversations with different people in the business as part of our process because we want everybody to buy into that individual as well. Um, so, you know, we're, if we're bringing somebody in on the senior team, we'll we'll get as many people as we can to talk to them because we want them to, when they land, we want people to succeed from day one. Um, you know, and we, and we do literally start on day one that, you know, our, our inductions are welcome to BrewDog and off you go. Um, because, you know, because we're in that startup mode that we're just running at such a pace that we, in, that we, we do a lot of work before anybody joins us on the onboarding so that it can hit, hit the ground running on day one. And I guess the, the, the flip side of that, I mean, uh, and now the secret's out, so everybody's going to be aware that they're, if they're being put off. Um, and actually, that, that does remind me of uh, there's an organization in America that's quite famous, you know, Zappos. And, and they actually pay people within the first month to leave because um, they want to make sure they get the right fit. So that um, yeah. you know, that's a, a, a great approach. I guess the flip side of 
passion and you know doing passionate work and i've seen it here in our company is that we end up working really really hard because we care and and you know when that you get that in that state of flow where you lose track of time yeah um, i guess the, the the flip side in most organizations would be burnout and and you know impact on sort of health and well-being i mean are you seeing things like that no, we're really careful on that, um, you know, especially during this this time as well, where we've had a lot of our teams on furlough um, and a lot of people working at home where it's very difficult to almost switch off from home to what's home and what's work. Um, we're, we're really aware of it. And, you know, we talk to I talk to the leadership all the time about their teams and burnout and about their own burnout as well. And we, we make sure that people take time off, um, you know, spend time with their families, have that that break. Um, you know, away from work as well. And we encourage people to have team team calls. Um, now that we can't really meet face to face, but we have team calls. Um, and we, we used to have a thing on a Friday called Punk O'Clock, where it's four o'clock on a Friday, grab a can of punk or even if it's an AF or whatever other brew dog beer you want to drink and just sit and have a chat for, for 15 minutes over a cold beer. Um, and we're still encouraging people to do that now to say, don't forget punk clock, have that time with your team as well to just sort of kick back, check that everybody's OK. And the great thing with Zoom as well is you you can actually see every, everybody's faces all the time when you're in that Zoom meeting. So you can tell if people are starting to struggle a little bit and we'll just pick up the phone and say, do you need to take some time off? You know, what what does what does what can we do to help you here? So we're very aware of it. Sounds like a really um, tight knit family, you know, uh, that they're all passionate about doing something good and looking out for each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. Our teams are great. Um, You know, our teams really do care about each other and help each other out and look after each other all all the way. And that's not, you know, that's whether that's our production teams, our bar teams, you know, we all absolutely look out for each other. So um, what would you say is, is your, your big challenge then uh, for the culture that that's been created, this unique, amazing culture? What would you say is one of the bigger, biggest challenges or bigger challenges that you're facing as, a, as an organization for, from a cultural perspective? Um, we, you know, we've, we, when we started out on this, we said we wanted to protect as many jobs as we could and protect our business. Um, we haven't been able to protect every single job and we've just gone through a reorganization. And so this is uh, is is hard now because we've we've lost you know we've lost our colleagues we've lost our friends, um, and and we've lost people to do some of the work and the work hasn't gone away, so that's probably one of the biggest dangers now with the culture is how do we make sure that everybody is still absolutely engaged, um, but the great thing is we actually did our restructure through a voluntary basis so we never forced any redundancies um, so it was the you know people who were maybe thinking of leaving anyway that did leave us. Um, and so it it means that we we know we've got anybody who is left with us is absolutely engaged, you know, with our business. But it's just making sure we protect that. You know, we're quite proud of being a Times Top 100 employer. We want to make sure we carry on being that employer. We want to be that employer of choice. You know, we want to have that reputation of it. If you're going to go and work anywhere, BrewDog's the place where you want to go and work. And so we've just got to make sure we maintain that that's special culture that we've got that it doesn't go away um, that's going to be the biggest challenge now <laughs> no I, I completely understand that and you're going to you're going to have people queuing up trying to join um, <laughs> right um, the the that special culture um, how do the founders maintain that because they can't be everywhere um, how are they 
getting the the next i know it's a flat structure a fairly flat structure across the organization but how are they replicating or getting people to understand this is what we are and what we believe in how do you go about doing that so that they're not having to be everywhere and you know because as the company grows and you're you're expanding international um you've got loads of more you know plans going forward and how how do you retain that so we um you know we're James, our, our our founder, and then David, our COO, um, they send we send very good weekly emails and updates out. Um, you know, we're very open. We've got some great forums as well that we post everything into the external world that people read internally as well. Um, we're just about to launch, probably in about September, we're launching a new engagement app um, where all of our comms will go through. Um, you know, that is one area we've struggled with. You know, how do you make sure the right the same communication is going to your our teams to your production teams, your 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 office-based teams. So um, we're just working on that app right now to get launched, um, which will just help streamline our comms platform no end. Um, but they're very they're very open. You know, we don't hold back on the communication. That's certainly um, you know, if if anything, we look at are we over communicating? Um, we certainly don't don't have any problems with getting the messages out there. And again, they're very visible um, within the business as well. So whether it is out in the bars, um, you know, with our staff, with our customers, or whether it is on the production floor, very, very visible within the business um, and super approachable. Um, anybody can pick up the, the phone or the email to any of the leadership team and we will always answer. Um, you know, so we, we don't, there's, there's just because the levels aren't there, it's just come straight to us and we'll give you the answers. And Karen, you know, there'll be people out there, there'll be HR directors out there thinking, how do I go about creating a strategy that that even touches what you do and what you have or, or uh, CEOs? What advice would you give to say, look, if, if, I, if I was knowing what I've known and having seen since started, um, here's the things I would start to put in place first. What would you say some of them are? Um, I would say to start off with, you probably need to have a good hard look at whether your leadership team are up for having the openness that we we have within BrewDog. Um, you know, you might find that some some lead, I know some leadership teams I've worked in in the past would would not be able to recreate um, this culture that we have because people just wouldn't feel that comfortable being so open and available or having such flat structures within the business. Um, you know, I've I've just found it amazing having such a flat structure. That um, I know, I, I know everything about how the HR function works now. Um, whereas before, in other organisations, I would never get near to the detail. Here, I've got no choice. Um, it's brilliant, um, and that's how we operate at every level. So that that's it. You know, really get to know your business as well. Um, we have what we call our dogs on deck shift, um, and this is once a quarter. The leadership team will go and do a dogs on deck. Whether that will be go and run a shift in a bar go and work on the production floor, go out with the sales team, um, whatever it is you you need to do to understand every single part of the business, you need to go and do that shift. And you mentioned um, as, as the country came out of lockdown that the whole leadership team were out and about um, helping in sites with uh, the easing of the, of the lockdown as we opened up. Yeah, I did a nine hour shift as the door host um, at Milton Keynes on Saturday um, and we were, we were all out. So whether it was actually physically working in the bar and helping out where they were maybe a bit short staffed or whether it was just um, popping into the bars and just checking that everybody was OK. Um, you know, and and we were so clear about our first weekend. This was not about profitability. 
This was about making sure our staff and our customers were safe and felt safe in the environment whilst we were welcoming our customers back. Um, I was quite jealous watching people having their first cold pint and I was working and couldn't have one. <laughs> so, um, but, but it was great. Yeah, and our leadership team are, will always do that. We're always hands-on um, in any, any situation where we can be. We'll, we'll be there with the teams. So, Karen, you know, uh, being an organization that's willing to experiment, willing to learn, willing to fail, um, you will have learned an awful lot about some of the skills your teams have or had may not have been apparent before, because it's times of crisis when you start to see people, the best of people uh, come out. How, how, how do you go about or how will you go about harnessing that, that talent and that skill that may not have been so apparent initially that uh, you think, wow, when the chips were down, this is what how what people brought to the table that may because one of the one of the issues in organizations certainly corporate world is we sometimes de-skill people rather than you know skill them we we strip them of what they're capable of and pigeonhole them into a certain area um and missing out all the other skills they're, they're capable of providing how do you harness that now knowing what you've seen so i i remember talking to somebody who's um an exec coach um and they they told me a phrase that you know when you're put into a crisis situation leaders will actually outperform their own capability um and i've absolutely seen that but what it's helped us to do is understand that people can outperform where they thought their their limit was and so we've managed to expose everybody probably within the business to things that they had never done before so now as part of our conversations we're having with people is, okay, let's just talk about, you know, you've never done that before, you excelled at it, you were brilliant. What else can I now expose you to without a crisis situation needing us to do it? Um, you know, I've, I've been so far out of my comfort zone quite often during this pandemic that, you know, I've never worked through a pandemic before. I didn't know, <laughs> know what to do. Um, I'd never even heard of the word furlough until it was announced. Um, you know, so so it's just taking yourself well and truly out of that comfort zone to say, well, you know, when your back's against the wall, you can do it. So let's, without having to recreate a crisis, let's carry on doing that. So there's a real lesson there about, um, you know, putting people in situations and, and just letting them see what where they go. And, and you know, rather than, um, you know, I saw brilliant people throughout my time in, in corporate life were brilliant people who were pigeonholed. And they weren't going to go anywhere despite and they the only way they were ever going to demonstrate the skills that they had were to leave and join somebody else and you think well, what a shame we could have had that in our organization if we had just allowed yeah. them to, to flourish yeah and that that's a great thing with brew dog you know we you can absolutely flourish nobody gets upset if you you know if i came up with an idea that i thought might help our uk sales team or help our production team nobody would get upset about it and think mm, you do people why why are you uh, thinking you you know you've got an idea on production everyone would be like brilliant let's talk about it let's have a go that that sounds great um so you know no we don't although you're the expert in your field so yes i'm the people expert then you know anybody's got any ideas that I'm not thinking of, brilliant, just bring them on, and that that's the that's the, what we have across all of our business channels. And, and the, uh, the the beauty of that is, you know, our brains, we we join abstract thoughts together to create something amazing. You know, why wouldn't somebody from another area come up with a great idea because it's those abstract thoughts? So, um, yeah, I I, I think um, Brewdog is an amazing example of, of an amazing culture. Now I know you know every organisation will have its flaws. But certainly the passion, I mean, passion is a real 
focus for us as an organization, the, the engagement coach. But when you see passion being brought to life and maintained in the way that it's been done in BrewDog, um, it's, it is contagious. And, you know, I get goosebumps just talking to you about the culture. <laughs> I think it's amazing. Um, Karen, that's um, all we've got time for today. I would just want to say a huge thank you for sharing all the insights um, about BrewDog, the organization, the culture, hoping that people can take something away to say, what could I do in my organization that could make it even better than it was taking some of the insights from you? So thank Brilliant. you. Brilliant. Yeah, really enjoyed the chat, Amrit. And uh, yeah, thank, thank you for inviting me to do this. Thank you very much. So that's Karen Bates, the HR Director of BrewDog. Uh, what an amazing company, an amazing culture, and really cutting edge, uh, a startup mentality, looking after its employees, uh, this family environment where actually you're allowed to make mistakes, you're allowed to experiment, and ideas are embraced, and ownership and accountability. And it's just something that many organizations would um, would be thinking about how to create and replicate some of that. So. Uh, thank you for for Karen once again. Uh, that's uh, that's our podcast for today. Innovative cultures. Uh, how do we get it? Some examples of what organisations are doing, like BrewDog. Uh, I hope it's been helpful. So, Amrit Sander from the Engagement Coach. I will see you soon. Take care. The Engagement Coach Podcast.